0: Hey guys, and welcome back for episode 21. Hello guys. How was your week? Great. Mine was okay too. <laughs> How was yours, Chantel?
1: It was alright. Focused on some housework this week.
0: I know your goal was to focus on housework for the whole week, but then yesterday happened.
1: Yeah, yesterday. Wow. That was something else.
0: Mm-hmm. Talk about it. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Just staring blankly I know, like we're both like... Next. (laughs) So I had to go run out for work and go pick up our checks at our accounting firm. And I took our work vehicle Mm -hmm. and I didn't adjust the seat before getting into it. And even though I'm short, I have a long torso. So getting into narrow vehicles for me is quite difficult, actually. So I really cranked and contorted myself to get into this car. And then when I was in it, then I adjusted the seat and everything. So I'm driving down the highway and I went from fine to not fine, Mm -hmm. real fast. I went from okay to 10 out of 10 pain. Uh, It was in the middle of my back between my shoulder blades and under my left shoulder blade. The pain was so intense I couldn't take deep breaths because it felt like I literally had a sword in my back. And so then that was pushing me to a panic attack because my breathing was just so, so shallow to avoid that horrendous pain. And then luckily I was close to the accounting firm. So I got to the parking lot, somehow made it up to the sixth floor and I was super hunched over and stuff on my way up. <laughs> Should not have been walking. Like even in the elevator, I was holding on, you know, like the railing that goes around yep. the, ele- the inside of the elevator. I was holding onto it and like, you know, almost bent over type of thing. Yep. And then I got into the accounting firm and the one lady told me that I looked like I was going to pass out and she said that I was like super white and I told her that my my back was in excruciating pain and it happened while I was driving then she asked me if I wanted to go lay down because I couldn't stand up straight and if I needed this and needed that and I didn't even know what I needed because I was in so much pain I couldn't even think straight yeah and then so finally I just thought okay yeah maybe I should lay down because it was serious, like it was so serious that I was willing to basically stop work and deal with this. Yeah. Because I could there's no way I could keep going like this. mm And I didn't even make it to whatever room had the couch. I basically just hit my knees in the hallway and was down and that was it, I couldn't get up. All senior
0: citizens should have life alert.
1: It takes quite a bit to make me cry. It was, it was really bad. The one lady who worked there, actually both of them, because I had two women helping me, they insisted on a paramedic, or paramedics, and an ambulance. And I was fighting them on it, because I don't want to bug the paramedics. Mm -hmm. And I didn't think that my situation warranted that kind of medical intervention, even though it's not like I could have driven or anything. No, not at all. I can give great advice and everything, but I can't take it.
0: Um, We both talk about this all the time. Right. So when you say shit to me, I always look back at you... And I know you've done it to me. I'm like, maybe you should take your own advice. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but we both yeah. we, everyone, we both do it yes. for sure, and I'm sure a lot of people do it.
1: Definitely. So they ended up calling paramedics, and honestly, I'm glad that they did because mm-hmm. there's really nothing that I could have done. Mm-hmm. Oh, like even just I lifted my left arm up to scratch the back of my head, and it hurt so bad. So, anyways, paramedics took me to the hospital. And after blood work and x-rays and a whole bunch of waiting, a lot of screaming and crying, found out that I have a slip disc in the bottom of my neck. And even though it's in the bottom of my neck, due to the way that your nerves run down, uh, you feel the pain much lower. So I was feeling it, yeah, between my shoulder blades. And like I said, it felt like I had a fucking sword in my back. And then under my left shoulder blade hurts so much. And it still does. The pain has definitely been letting up although although i have felt that today it's almost like come back a bit almost come back a bit of yeah.
0: vengeance probably because you keep trying to do shit and probably. i keep saying stop i
1: know and then
0: you keep giving me that look i'm like i'm not trying to be your mother no i know you But maybe not. i am i don't know but like stop just stop don't touch shit don't do shit just be comfortable <laughs>
1: Just exist right now. Just
0: exist right now, because that's what your body fucking needs, literally.
1: I know. And again, I I would feel the exact same way if it was you and stuff. In fact, I know I have with you.
0: I know you have. But
1: can I take my own advice?
0: No. Mm -mm.
1: So, yeah, it really sucked. And then Diana came to my rescue. I was so grateful for you, as always, because I left all my stuff at the accounting firm. Mm -hmm. Everything. I went to the hospital with my glasses, my wallet, and my phone everything else my keys everything were left in my bag they even kept my coffee which i barely got to drink yeah and then they dunked it that was a huge bummer hours
0: later right like the coffee would have been gross by then yeah it
1: would have been but i just it sucks because i barely even got to drink my coffee <laughs> and it was really good like i make good coffee and i put i've been putting cinnamon in it the last couple days it's christmas coffee yeah i love coffee grounds and then you put some cinnamon yeah. in it so good so yeah it was like a balls and i barely got to have any yeah very grateful for the help that I help and care that I received at KGH.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. when, when I like I called them, I have been suffering from a, a bout of insomnia. And I'm sure you guys are going to hear that a lot because I go through it a lot. And Chantal had called me twice, but I was like completely passed out because I went to bed around 730 in the morning and I was like, I need at least a few hours, like something. So I got a few hours, like two and a half hours or whatever. And then I saw that you called and I was like, holy crap. So obviously I called you back. And this happened. And I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) So she gave me the information where she left her bag at the accounting firm. And I went in. The ladies were so nice.
1: They're so nice. Yeah.
0: I thanked her. I I was like, thank you so much for not letting her drive. She's like, oh, my God. I never. And I was like, thank you. Because I know she's a a stubborn person. And she probably fought it. She's like, oh, no, no, I know. But like, no, we wouldn't. And I was like, great. Thank you. Yeah. You were in the hospital for how many hours? Like, Quite a while.
1: Four and a half. Yeah, okay. About four and a half hours. I mean... Which is I, also pretty standard.
0: And that's what I was going to say. It's kind of... Actually kind of seems short. <laughs> right. Compared to some, like, hospital visits, that seems kind of short. But it still sucks.
1: Especially just because I was in so much agony... At one point, I have no shame, I'll share this with you guys. I hadn't gone to the bathroom yet that day. Mm-hmm. By the time the one paramedic who was in the ambulance with me brought me to minor treatments and then she left me there for a bit. And she was like, I have to go finish my paperwork. But she said, I will come back. And then it got to the point where like, I had to pee so bad. I thought I was going to piss myself. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't help myself because of my back. I couldn't turn my head. I couldn't holler because my back hurt so bad. So I couldn't get anyone's attention. And I was just crying. And I was like, I am going to pee my pants if I don't get someone to help me. And then finally I got this nurse's attention and she brought me to the bathroom. And obviously I had to, you know, like get up and everything by myself and all that. And it was fucking torture thank god i didn't piss my pants but it was pretty fucking close
0: yeah i was gonna say even if you had i'm sure that's not the first time they've oh, had to deal I'm with sure it it's not, but
1: i was like i really don't want. obviously eat. you don't yeah no.
0: obviously you don't want to but at mm-hmm. least you were no. in the right place if it happens,
1: <laughs> yeah. then at least you
0: were in the right place totally
1: <laughs> give me a pair of scrub pants something i messed mine yeah exactly <laughs> so that was my second time riding in an ambulance yesterday and it is not a smooth ride let me tell you generally no but yeah it's ridiculous just from getting in a fucking car like even when the nurse and the doctor in the hospital asked me how this happened it's like this is so dumb it's like i got into a car that's it that's it but again i did have to contort myself quite a bit to get in yeah yeah but even still that's ridiculous i don't even have a cool story
0: well, and I had to go in for my second shots of my back. Like, I went Wednesday. Yeah, it was Wednesday. Yeah, last Wednesday I went for my neck injections. And then yesterday I was going in for my lower back injections. So it kind of worked out. Because <laughs> I was like, well, I got I to go to my appointment. If you cancel, it's like 250 bucks for cancellation. Ouch. Yeah, something like And I understand why.
1: Yeah.
0: They they book months in advance. That's
1: why. Totally. So I
0: understand, yeah. right? Yeah. So... Although I have had to cancel because like I woke up and I was like so friggin' sick and they were like, it's okay. And they didn't charge me, obviously. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to go there and then I'll come pick you up. And it kind of worked out like the timing of it.
1: Yeah. And you sat outside for quite a while. And then by the time you came in and came into minor treatments, they were literally like, okay, that's it. You can go.
0: I was sitting on my phone looking at memes, looking, checking my emails and stuff like that. Then it had been, I think, about a half an hour. and It was, I was about like, a half an hour. Can you, like, just find out, are they planning on keeping you for, like, like an hour, two, three, four, five, six hours? I don't know. And it's fine, but I don't want to sit in my truck <laughs> if they plan on, on you being here for another four hours. I could go home and come back and pick you up. So then Chantal was like, yeah, no, the nurse said you can come in. So I had to find parking, and, I mean, around a hospital is generally impossible. So I finally find parking pay for it go in and Chantal's like ready to go (laughs) and I was like
1: all right. (laughs) oh yeah I gotta pay you for the parking
0: it was literally two fucking dollars dude it's fine by the way it's actually a dollar fifty for the hour but because it's the hospital they have a convenience fee of fifty cents of
1: course they do and I was like
0: are you fucking kidding me it's not convenient because this parking lot is so small if it's maybe thirty vehicles that's it
1: and trying to park a truck in that parking lot that (sighs) you were in I know because I have a truck it sucks Mm -hmm. trying to park in there huh?
0: And then, yeah, trying to drive you home, like, my house. Because for her driveway, there's no fucking way she'd make it up there.
1: No, yeah, I've been at Diana's since yesterday.
0: You would have passed out from the pain, I think. Probably. Like, going up your hill, mountain, whatever.
1: I couldn't even handle the paramedic lifting up my left arm to put the blood pressure cuff on me. I started screaming. Yeah. It felt like, not only did I feel like I had a sword mm-hmm. between my shoulder blades, but I felt like I had a knife under my left one. Okay, like, when I got wheeled to minor treatments in the, uh, the waiting room.
0: Like, where I picked you up? Uh, yeah. Okay.
1: The one nurse, she wanted to check my pulse because I was bordering on a panic attack. Mm -hmm. And she started pulling at my left sleeve so hard and it was jarring my arm and my back. And I almost like yelled at her. (laughs) It took nothing for those doctors and stuff to just to just make me start crying and stuff all over again. I, you know, I tell them, like, don't touch me. Don't move me. Like, just don't. I hadn't had an attack like that since high school in my vertebrae type of thing. Yeah. You know? The last time was one of my last rugby games in grade 12, and I herniated a disc, and my mom and granddad had to help carry me off the field. Jesus. And I could, and same thing, my mom's Camaro is so low to the ground, and it's narrow to get in. <laughs> I could barely get in her car.
0: Well, yeah. Yeah, no, you were not in a good place yesterday. We were supposed to record yesterday, obviously. that. I mean, she still wanted to record. I was like, we're going to wait till tomorrow. Yeah. I Give yourself the day. But yeah, so today we had to go pick up Chantal's vehicle from her work. Dawn picked me up. I went to Chantal's work and drove her vehicle back to my house. But before I went home, I had to pick up Cecily from school, which is fine. But she wanted to drive. And I was like, no, no, no. And she's grateful, obviously, after. She was like, oh, my God, I was so much pain. That would have been bad. But yeah, you got to give your body a fucking rest, man. You mm-hmm. got to just let it, like, do its thing and heal and... So that was fun.
1: More fun than a barrel of monkeys. Oh my! Anyways, moving on from me. So, Jay's party. Yeah. You go ahead.
0: Okay. After we finished recording our podcast last week, we got ready and went to Jay's party. It was like an inside, but like they had the deck and we could go sit outside and I was outside like 98% of the time. Pretty much, yeah. Listen, a small space, lots of bodies, people talking, laughing, moving. It gets so fucking hot. So I was on the deck most of the night, but it was kind of cool. Like we met some really cool people. We sure did. Mm-hmm. Somehow our podcast came up, and I don't remember how, but it was just like, oh, my God, you guys love fires," you know, and, like, just going the back and forth, and then uh, a few people mm-hmm. I met were like, oh, my God, I listen to this and this, I'm like, so do I. So, same kind of love for what we do, and I was like, holy crap, it's just so nice to meet people that are on the same page. Yeah, like-minded. Right? So, it was pretty cool. We met some We met some pretty cool people,
1: mm-hmm. and they were playing
0: this weird game. I,
1: oh, drinking game. That was so funny. Ugh. After
0: I understood what was going on, because I walked in and people are ye- yelling out like random words and shit. I'm like, I'm so confused. Yeah, numbers and rules.
1: And no noise. idea what? what's going on. Yeah, it needs to be explained. And then once you get it and stuff, it's, yeah. it's like super funny. It is. Yeah.
0: But when we both walked in, we were like, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> Why are people yelling that word? Yeah. Or doing... Yeah,
1: yelling out numbers. Or lifting
0: sure. her la- their leg up or whatever. And you're just like, I'm so confused.
1: Yeah, I am <laughs> lost and I <laughs> have questions. Do I know questions. what's going
0: on? But yeah, once I figured out what they were doing and Chantal figured it out, we were like, oh, okay.
1: It was so great to see Jay's close friends and, mm-hmm. you know, became acquaintances with me and everything and to see some old co-workers. Well, I mean, that's how I met Jay was through at the airport, mm-hmm. but then also her fiance, Taylor. We were screening officers together, yeah, all yeah. three of us. And then there was Alex who I got to see him too. And I haven't seen him in so long. He's so tall. He's so tall. Alex is like six foot four and he picked me up. Wow. I thought I was going to kick someone in the face. Like roundhouse <laughs> kick someone Sorry. In I'm the just face. picturing <laughs> that. Whoosh. <laughs> He gave me a tall person hug, which is hard for a short person Mm -hmm. because when tall people don't bend down to my level, And then I'm supposed to give them a hug like where my chin needs to be above their shoulder. It's super awkward because I can't do it. No. So then and I we go through this every time, Alex and I'm like, come down to my fucking level (laughs) because otherwise I'm gonna have to hug you like a toddler around your torso. Yeah. Let me give you a hug like up and over your shoulders. And it's a little weird, eh? Like or one arm under, one arm over type of thing, right?
0: Doing this like around the torso. Yeah, it's it's weird.
1: (laughs) It's weird. It makes me feel like a five year old, especially when he's like six foot four, and then. So he came down to my level and I gave him a hug around his neck. And then the next thing I know, he had You're me fucking flying in the air by the ceiling.
0: Twirling you around.
1: Yeah. And I thought I was literally going to roundhouse kick someone in the face.
0: <laughs> I mean, I've met a few of them from the airport at like birthday parties and stuff, yeah. but that's it. Oh, and when we went to shoot uh, pumpkins. Shoot some shots. Shoot some shots in the snow up north, <laughs> which is like not up north. <laughs> Just like 15 minutes away from town. And we shot some pumpkins. I didn't actually. I was, uh, my anxiety got the better of me that day. And I admitted it to Chantal after because I knew I could, I just didn't want to say it in front of everybody else. My anxiety got the better of me. It was my first time potentially shooting something like shooting something, anything. 75% of the people there were like, you know how to shoot guns, load them, clean them, hunters, blah, 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 all that shit. And there were a few novices there, like me, that that had the balls and guts to do it, and they did the vaginas, all of that. They did it. <laughs> the vaginas,
1: all of that, all of
0: that. The, uh, one of the things I didn't talk—maybe uh, I did talk about it in the phobias episode—but I have a huge phobia with like attention on me. I get super anxious. So I was like, oh, my shoulder. I did actually hurt my shoulder. I don't know if you remember, but like, I just kind of like amplified it. It's a day. But I saw who you were the next day and you were like Ugh and I it was like hurt. thank you know, thank the darkness that I actually didn't because I would have been like way worse than I already was. But then I got to shoot, do target practicing at your house earlier this year, and that was fun. But it was just you, me and Jamie. And then I felt comfortable. So yeah, no, that was fun. I mean, it was sad for you, obviously.
1: Oh, man. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> at the end.
0: Yeah. When we left, she was bawling in the, in the truck and I was like, I'm so sorry. I put my hand on your shoulder as I was driving and I'm like, I'm so sorry. Cause I get it. It's not like you're never going to see her again. You're going to go her a wedding and then you have like an excuse to go out there. Like I yep. said,
1: even if it's just for a couple days. Yeah. It doesn't
0: have to be a lot of people think you have to go like away for a week.
1: No, you just be a couple of days. That's even it. if it's like three days, whatever.
0: A trip away doesn't mean you have to be away for a week or more. You can definitely do. Well, my cousin Marty in Saskatchewan, yeah. I've been talking to him a lot the last week and I want to go out and he was like, bring Chantel. I was like, yes, yes, we're going. But yeah, like it's probably not going to be a week thing. Like we'll probably leave like a Thursday, Friday, be yeah. there for the weekend, you know, like come back Monday, Tuesday. I don't know. Like we'll figure it out. But yeah. again, it also depends on the cost of it.
1: Absolutely. Like
0: we obviously have a place to stay when we're there. Mm hmm. And Marty knows he has a place to stay here. It's the flight and kind of stuff we need to...
1: Pretty much that, yeah. ...worry about. But yeah.
0: we obviously want to see what the best price is and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So, and yeah. I have air miles. You do? Yes. God, I forgot those existed. I've been, got-
1: <laughs> I've been collecting air miles since I was like 19.
0: They do expire. Do you check on them? No. They do expire. I
1: didn't know that. Okay, anything else?
0: A few things. Really quickly. I'm going to Vancouver tomorrow. And I'm coming back Sunday night. And that's that. The other thing, which is super cute, is my dog Steffi had to start wearing diapers. She had to start wearing diapers, and I think we actually talked about this in an earlier episode, but she kept pulling them off. So I finally bit the fucking bullet and it got her suspenders. They're rainbow suspenders. And they are the best. They're so cute. They're fucking adorable. <laughs> it keeps a diaper on, and she's styling them.
1: Follow her for more fashion tips.
0: Uh, always. I'm styling my dogs with, you know, rainbow like suspenders and shit. Well, like I we've talked about, if I ever need to be in suspenders for whatever reason, they're gonna be like hot pink. Or yeah. Something. Oh yeah, we talked. about Yeah, it we in did. An That's episode. what I was saying. Yeah, yeah I was like, yeah, they're gonna yeah. be hot pink or something like out of the lime green, rainbow. I don't give a shit. One
1: lime green, one, one pink, one. You know? What's up? Why not? <laughs> totally. Why don't not? Don't fucking
0: be boring. Because I mean, it already sucks. You're in that position that you need to wear suspenders. Do it so that it's like, well, fuck.
1: Then, the Terry Crews of Suspenders. Fuck yeah. Because you know Terry from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. He always wears Suspenders. Fucking love him. Did you know that he wasn't actually supposed to be in that show? Uh, he wasn't casted in it originally. Yeah. He, I think it was like he wanted to be a part of it or the director or something wanted him to be in it. And then they basically made... Well, they definitely... They made a character, like a space for him in the show. And they made his character around like who he is as a person.
0: Did you know... Because you love this show, and I don't watch it, The Office. Oh,
1: my God. The
0: girl with the black hair, the one that's always like, uh, Ron. Oh, wait, no. Is it The Office?
1: No, you're talking about Parks and Recreation.
0: Sorry. That show. And
1: her, yes. April.
0: Her. Uh, She actually wasn't a part of all of it. But I can't remember who met her and went to the producer or whatever, said, you need to meet her and put her in the show.
1: Really? (laughs) Yeah. And she's, she is so great in I that fucking show I love her Yeah, she is perfect That show, Park Rec- Parks and Recreation So funny yeah.
0: But it was the same thing So funny She wasn't actually a part of it Yeah Like, at all And s- someone met her And went to the producer And went, meet her You need to put her in the show And they did
1: They wrote her in That's awesome Yeah She's so funny in that show Even though she's very emotionless
0: She's in a new suspense movie Or thriller or something okay. I actually really fucking want to watch it it's weird to think of her in something like that. She's always in that comedic stone phase. And she's
1: like that in real life. Yeah. She is awkward and serious. Yeah.
0: So she's like, but she can be like the funny, but, but like funny, a, a dark, dry. Yeah, yeah, dry humor. Totally. Like she,
1: she doesn't laugh at the funny things she says. She's just awkward.
0: I love her for it. Okay. Yeah. Enough fucking bantering. Uh, Chantal's going to go first this week.
1: All right. So... As I said to you guys, I'm sorry, but I did not write a story for episode 21 because I really needed to focus on some housework and direct my attention there. However, I will be giving a recap on a serial killer that I wrote about and split between episode 15 and 16. I'm sure you all remember my very long-winded 19-page story mm-hmm. on Michelle, and then in quotations like Shelly, because she went by Shelley Nodick. So last episode, Diane and I had mentioned how we had her sister reach out to us about Michelle and some information about her and she shared some stuff. So here we go. Just a bit of a recap on Michelle. She inflicted unforgivable and vile tortures that carried out over years to the point that her nephew Shane was murdered and other people literally rotted to death in her home. These people would also mentally collapse. Their teeth would rot. Their hair fell out. They were force-fed rancid food, and so many more tortures of all forms were carried out by mostly Michelle, but also her husband, Dave. As of last Friday, October 14th, as you guys know, Michelle's sister reached out to Diane and I. She shared information about Michelle, their family, and even photographs that aren't accessible to the general public. To say we were beside ourselves is an understatement. It
0: was so cool to see all those photos. It was. And get
1: all that information. It was just like, oh my god! Right? Right? It was cool to be given, not given, but shown photos that aren't accessible to anybody else. Yeah. They're not on Google. Yeah. No one else has them. No. But we got to see them.
0: So no, it was just amazing that she like came out and shared the stuff and we were like, oh my God,
1: it was amazing. It is amazing. So we've been conversing with her since last Friday and have also been given some pretty horrifying and devastating news. Michelle is being released from prison on November 6th like next month. Yeah. Not 2023 next month. Yeah.
0: So like a few weeks, a away. few
1: weeks away. Her sister has emphasized how scared and furious they, her family are that she is being released. Michelle was up for parole in June and August of this year. However, she was denied due to a lack of housing available for her. Mm-hmm. No one wanted to give her a home. Shocker. Oh my God. What? Right. Fuck. And she also had no money for housing vouchers. They told her she'd be in the pen for two more years due to lack of accommodations, but they found some assisted living facility to place her in. Mm -hmm. She is currently located in a correction center in Washington. However, we don't know where she's going to end up outside of jail. So that's basically my recap.
0: Again, like super cool.
1: Yes, it is. So we also want to promote a book that was written with the... Daughters, as well as the author who told their story, so the book is called *If You Tell*, and it's written by Greg Olson. And it, again, the the sisters collaborate in the in the book, and we are going to be purchasing a hardcover of it mm-hmm. to support the family, mm-hmm. and we will share a picture of the cover of it. We both assume that the book is going to be absolutely phenomenal. We're very much so looking forward to reading it. Yeah, and highly encourage everyone else to read it as well and hear the story straight from these sisters of what they had to deal with. Perhaps there's other family members who are involved in the book as well. I'm sure that's that's part of it. I was going to say, I Probably. think the
0: stepmom. Yeah, Laura? was like, eight, yeah, 80-something now, 82 or something like that. Yeah, it's, it's the story of what yep. that family went through.
1: And we highly encourage everyone else to purchase the book as well. Support them. Yes, and so, exactly. Support the family. With that said, we just
0: want to let you guys know that it's going to rain the next few weeks. And how we like to report the weather is, if anyone listens to, or sorry, watched Family Guy, Ollie, the weatherman, is like my favorite person. One of my favorite people in the show. And the only thing, actually, one of the only lines I can remember from the show is when he's going to tell people it's going to rain. I'm looking it up right now. Literally, it's usually like two seconds. It's going to rain! And that's that. And then it's going to rain sideways! (laughs) it's just great I showed it to Chantal yesterday I think right yeah it's like it's so dumb it's so great
1: it's so funny it's so funny
0: so I'm gonna tell my story it's getting late and I'm fucking exhausted and I know Chantal is
1: because you're in pain
0: and I still haven't packed <laughs> for my weekend trip and I am one of those people and I fucking hate that I do it but I always do it ah later 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 the morning of and then you panic pack oh half an hour yeah before yeah totally and then I forget everything oh my god now you know how I feel when you don't charge your fucking phone oh my god and it's like one percent that's how I feel that's how I feel I had to compare it to something and that was that was perfect (laughs) we're gonna go through my story I mean as quickly as possible uh it's six pages long ish so it's it's and go and go all right, so <laughs> my sources are Wikipedia, Crime.com, Murderpedia. My triggers are rape, child molestation, kidnapping, and murder. So my story is about Marc Dutroux. He was born in Brussels on November 6th of 1956 to his abusive parents, Victor and Janine. He is the oldest of five kids. Shortly after graduating from school, he left home and worked as an electrician, so in his teens. Several years later, in 1976, he married Francois Dubois, and they had two kids. He was very abusive towards his wife and his kids, and they eventually divorced in 1983, and she got custody of the kids. In the late 70s, Mark found work as a scrap dealer and stole cars on the side nice to make ends meet. Starting in 1979, he was convicted for a number of petty crimes and this included assault, drug dealing, and trading of stolen vehicles. Mark liked to visit ice rinks where he would trip or bump into young female skaters on purpose so that he could touch them. In uh, 1980, Mark got into a fistfight with Armand de Bain at a skating rink as Mark kept bumping into his girlfriend. <laughs> Armand was convicted of assault against Mark and Mark was banned from that particular ice rink. He had multiple mistresses and eventually married one of them and had three more kids with her. Her name was Michelle Martin. Mark started to kidnap girls in 1985 with an accomplice named Jean Van Petem and his wife, Michelle, uh, had helped with some of them. Not all wow. of them. But yeah. That always bothers me. eh? I was
1: just thinking the exact same thing. Yeah. It's, it's shocking that women are accomplices in these sort of crimes against women. Yeah. Shocking. Don't get it at Me all.
0: Neither. So she, she knew it was happening. She didn't help with all of them. She helped with some of them, but she knew it all was happening. Yeah. So Jean, his accomplice, lived with them after he was discharged from the military and his wife didn't want him back. So they got a divorce.
1: <laughs> I wonder why. I
0: don't know. He seemed like a really nice guy.
1: Mothers, lock up your daughters.
0: Jean said that their first victims were two girls from more wells, but the police could never find their bodies or any evidence of it so it's just hearsay on june 7th of 1985 mark and jean kidnapped 11 year old sylvia d this was their first proven kidnapping on october 17th of 1985 they kidnapped 19 year old maria v from perones le sorry i know i'm butchering all these names of these places they're like all in berlin Maria said there were three men that were involved in her kidnapping uh, and the police looked into it, but they couldn't uh, identify the the third person. So she said he was like, he was an older guy. He looked like he was in his fifties maybe, but they could never identify who that was. On December 14th of 1985, Mark kidnapped Alexi uh, D. During her testimony, Mark's accomplice, Jean, told her that, quote, He was a part of a gang, end quote, led by two leaders, quote, an Italian and a crazy stupid one, end quote. Jean admitted to her and other girls about like everything that he was involved in this girl's kidnapping and that Mark's wife was as well, that Michelle had helped with it. On December 18th of 1985, Mark kidnapped 15-year-old Elizabeth Jean. Jean told police that Mark had filmed Elizabeth naked and took photos of her naked as well. On January 17th of 1986, Mark and a few accomplices kidnapped 18-year-old Catherine Bean. His accomplices were never found. In early February of 1987, Mark, Jean, and Michelle, so his wife, were arrested. They think this is because Jean basically kind of gave them away because he was telling all these girls About shit They were all convicted on April 26th of 1989 Mark received 13.5 years Jean received 6.5 years And Michelle received 5 years Mark received more time behind bars As he was also convicted for An extremely brutal robbery of a 50-year-old woman 58-year-old woman Mark was released from his sentence early By Melchior Wathlete who was the Belgian Minister of Justice at the time. The public prosecutor and psychiatrist advised him against this, against the early release, as they examined him in prison and said, Mark remained dangerous. They also described him as a psychopath. Wow. The Minister of Justice didn't care and released him. Nice. Yep. While he was in prison, Mark, he had actually convinced the health professionals there that he was disabled due to mount- mental illness and was able to start collecting public assistance from the Belgium government. He was getting $1,200 a month, like Belgian dollars. I forget what the term is for it. Well, like euros? Uh, no. Well, at the time, they weren't euros. Oh, okay. yeah. They were Yeah, something else. So yeah, he was collecting that while just sitting in prison. He also convinced them that he needed sedatives as he was having trouble sleeping, and they gave them to him. He actually didn't take any of them, and he uses this later in his life. Of course he does. He he saves all the pills up. Mark owned seven small homes, eventually ten, and used three of them to torture the girls he kidnapped. In one of these homes, he had a hidden dungeon in his basement that he built. On June 24th of 1995... Two eight-year-old girls were kidnapped and held captive in that dungeon.
1: Oh.
0: He raped them repeatedly and made porn videos of the abuse that he inflicted on them. On August 23rd of 1995, Mark and an accomplice named Michelle Lelivier kidnapped teenage girls. Their names were Anne Marshall and Effie LeBrex and chained them up in one of the bedrooms in that home, just because the two eight-year-olds were in the dungeon, so they needed to put them somewhere else in the house. In September of 1995, Michelle said that the teenagers were drugged and brought to the town of Jumet, where they killed them by burying them alive.
1: Oh no. Mm-hmm. That is horrifying. Oh my god, those poor children.
0: I can't even imagine.
1: Neither can I.
0: Around the same time of the girl's death... Bernard, one of his accomplices and a man named Felipe Divers, stole a van and hid in a hangar. The owner of the hangar saw the van and reported it to the police. The police came by and took possession of the van. The guys were gone, but they took it in as evidence. Yeah. Mark and Bernard think that Felipe and his friend Pierre are the reason the van was found. They lured Felipe and Pierre to Bernard's home and drugged them and split them up. Mark and Bernard went to Pierre's house to see if there was any kind of clues or evidence or anything regarding the van, but instead found Pierre's girlfriend, Benedict Jadot. They took her back to where the others were being held and questioned her. Once done with questioning her, they left to go pick up another person for questioning. Benedict managed to escape and went to a neighbor's house, and those neighbors called the police. Apparently Bernard was wanted by the police, and Mark didn't know, so Mark decided to kill him, so that he wouldn't rat Mark out. He kidnapped Bernard and held him in the dungeon between November 13th and November 20th, questioning him and and whatnot. He didn't want the eight-year-old girls in there with Bernard, so he actually allowed them to roam the house for those few days was the only kind of freedom they had. Mark gave Bernard food laced with Rohypnol and placed hose clamps on his testicles until he told Mark where he hid money.
1: Holy shit!
0: Do you know what a hose clamp is? Yes. Okay, it's the one that like you, have, yeah. you keep screwing and it just yeah, keeps tightening it gets and
1: tighter and, and it's a circle.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Ouch. Yep.
0: Put it around his testicles and just kept tightening it until he uh, said,
1: "There's this is where my money is." Yeah, this guy's definitely a psychopath.
0: Uh, just a little bit. Once he knew where the money was, he buried Bernard alive at one of his properties as well.
1: Jesus Christ. What's with this guy and burying people alive? At least, at least. Kill them. Their misery. Yeah.
0: I can't even imagine. man. Can't even imagine.
1: Me neither. I don't even want to imagine. Nope. No thanks.
0: On December 6th of 1995, Pierre recognized Mark while he was out and about and called the police. He was arrested for car theft. Because that's what the police kind of had on him at the time. According to Michelle and Mark, the eight-year-old girls were alive and well in the dungeon when they left the house. Mark made Michelle give the girls water and food when they ran out. But she was too afraid to go in the dungeons and let the girls starve to death.
1: No, she did not.
0: Yep. She didn't go in there. She didn't give them food or water. She was too afraid to go in there. So the poor eight-year-olds starved to death.
1: Oh, my God. Mark. What the fuck?
0: Oh, I know. Mark was released on March 20th of 1996 and buried the eight-year-old girls in the garden of one of his homes. Eight days after his release, Mark and Michelle, it's a a different person, it's a guy, kidnapped a 12-year-old girl named Sabine Dardine as she was riding her bike to school. Sabine said that while she was held prisoner in Mark's dungeon, he repeatedly raped her and starved her. On August 9th of 1996, Mark and Michelle, again, same guy, kidnapped a 14-year-old girl named Leticia Del Hez as she was walking home from the local swimming pool. There was an eyewitness that saw them and was able to describe the van that picked her up and part of the license plate. Nice. On August 13th, Mark, Michelle, and Michelle, the guy, were arrested. They did an initial search of their home, but found nothing. However, two days later, both Mark and Michelle made confessions. Same day, Mark took the police to the house with the dungeon where he held his prisoners, his victims. Thankfully, the two teenagers, not the eight-year-olds, the two teenagers that he had chained in the bedroom, he moved them down to the dungeon after the eight-year-olds died. They found them alive. Wow. On August 17th of 1996, Mark took the police to the other property he had, where he buried the two eight-year-olds, the two eight-year-old girls' bodies, and Bernard's body. And they were able to excavate their bodies. On September 3rd of 1996, the remains of his victims Anne, Effie, and Benedict were excavated from one of his other homes. The police found hundreds of store-bought porn videos, like VHS, like hundreds as well as a huge amount of homemade porn between him and his wife. A lot of things were missed or ignored while this investigation was going on of these missing girls. In 1995, Mark's mom sent a letter to the authorities, letting them know that her son kidnapped two girls and was keeping them prisoner. They did nothing with that information. What? Nothing. Why? I don't know. Wow. When the eight-year-old girls were initially kidnapped, it took the police 14 months to arrest him, even though he was their prime suspect the whole time.
1: What the fuck?
0: The police had visited Mark's house twice while they were there, but no real effort was made. They just kind of went, they were there and they were like, okay. The police actually, in one of those visits, the police went with a locksmith and the locksmith reportedly said, quote, I am not leaving before we turn this place upside down. The screams are clearly coming from inside the house, end quote. The cop replied with, quote, Who's a police officer here? You or me? End quote. Wow. hmm Wow. All the videotapes they found at Mark's house were never reviewed. If they had reviewed the tapes, they would have seen that Mark had recorded the whole process of creating this dungeon. Those girls may have survived if they had fucking checked those videos because Mark went to jail and then his wife was responsible for these girls, but she let them starve to death instead. If they had just reviewed those videos, those girls would be alive. Yep. Some of the tapes were never reviewed and were turned to Mark.
1: Wow. Just when I think this is at the pinnacle of the worst, it's not.
0: Nope. Yep. No, they returned some of them. They were just like, oh, we have too many. Here you go. Take them back.
1: Have your child pornography back. Here
0: you go. It's okay. They finally reviewed some of the tapes in 1999. One showed Mark raping a young woman. So I'm going to backtrack just a tiny bit on April 23rd of 1998, so the year prior. They allowed Mark to look at his case files while under supervision with uh, like two cops basically there sitting with him. One of the cops went on a break and Mark overpowered the other cop and escaped. Wow. They did find him a few year, a few hours later and this resulted in the Minister of Justice, Stefan de Cleric the Minister of the Interior, Johan van de Lanote and the police chief to resign. I wonder why. Right. I wonder what happened there. In 2000, Mark received a five-year, five-year sentence for threatening a cop when he escaped, and in 2002, he got another five years for a different crime. The cops found thousands of hair strands in the dungeons, but did nothing with them until 2001. When they finally decided to test the DNA, like test them for DNA, wow. There were some sources that said Mark and Michelle or Mikkel Nehul were planning on starting a sex and human trafficking operation between uh, Slovakia and the Czech Republic, and uh, some other Western Europe or European countries. They found. A lot of evidence that pointed towards Slovakia and the Czech Republic. And one of the tapes showed Mark raping a child in Slovakia, but they never reviewed that tape. His car theft and smuggling operation show that Mark had connections and was involved with the other two countries where he was arrested and they found 200 Slovak crowns in cash. A lot of the Belgian people believed that Mark was a part of the pedophile network. Like, duh. Yeah, duh. Yeah. Some of their clients included high ranking members of the Belgian establishment, of course. Of course. Mark had a total of 10 homes and had 6 million Belgian francs that equaled 130,000 US dollars or 180,000 Canadian dollars, but still managed to squeeze that $1,200 a month from the government, from the public assistance while in prison. Wow. He clearly wasn't hurting for cash, like for clearly. money. Clearly. There was a lot of money transferred between different countries to Michelle's wife and her bank account that happened as the girls went missing.
1: I wonder why. Oh my,
0: I have no idea. It was just, what a dink. What a dink. At least seven members of law enforcement were arrested on suspicion of having some ties to Mark. In October of 1996, over 3,000 Belgian residents marched through the streets of Brussels after a judge was removed from Mark's case. The 3,000-plus people demanded an investigation on the police and the justice system. Good for them. Mm-hmm. This protest was called the White March. So I don't know if you remember this, and I, I, I'm sure you don't, but this ties into that other story of Andras Pandey, that weirdo, like the old lady, widow weird, looking guy with the long hair. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Andras Pandey was arrested on the day of the White March. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. His trial began on March 1st of 2004. They called over 450 people to testify. Wow. Yep. He was tried for the murders of Anne, Effie, and Bernard. They also charged him with car theft, abduction, attempted murder, attempted abduction, molestation, and three other rapes that happened in Slovakia. His wife was tried as his accomplice. They placed Mark and Michelle in a glass cage or in separate glass cages while they were in trial just to protect them. The people were going to fucking kill them.
1: They, don't deserve, they didn't deserve to be protected. No, they didn't. No. But unfortunately, they yeah like had to protect yeah,
0: them. Yeah, I know. But anyways, yeah, no, they had to put him in those glass fucking cages because people were uh, wanting to kill them. I'm sure there are people who went into the courtroom with guns up their sleeves. Probably. Oh, I'm sure. Probably. On June 22nd of 2004, Mark received the maximum sentence of life imprisonment and Michelle got 30 years. On February 4th of 2013, Mark requested early release and said that he is, quote, no longer dangerous, end quote. He was denied. Good. On February 18th of 2013.
1: Thank the darkness.
0: Yep. The end. Woohoo. Crazy, eh?
1: That is nuts. I've never heard of that before. Yeah. That's crazy. That is horrifying. Those poor girls, those little girls who died. Just starved to death. They were in a fucking
0: dungeon and this dumb bitch was too scared to go in there to fucking give them water and
1: food. Like, what are they going to do? Attack her? Yeah. That is so heartbreaking. Evil
0: bitch. And she just got 30 years.
1: Ugh. Neither of them should ever see the light of day ever again. No.
0: Well, he's living, actually, I thought I typed that out and I just remember, or I realized I didn't. He's living in, uh, um... Solitary confinement? For the rest of his life. Good
1: fucking good yeah so he will never see the light of day no good he doesn't fucking deserve it yeah thank you for covering that story
0: this story rocked the people
1: Ah, no kidding yes but their march
0: and that fucking stupid cop who's the cop here me or you after the fucking guy was like i hear kids screaming
1: yeah exactly how are you gonna argue with that like what the fuck is wrong with you he was probably in on it like, like he said that there were some officers were suspended on suspicion cops. of oh, yeah. being in cahoots. Yeah. He was probably one of them. I know. And I, I believe that. Probably. There yeah. Me too. He there. was probably
0: one of them. So, I mean, yeah. Like, so they clearly had this uh, sex ring trafficking thing yep. going on.
1: Fucking sick.
0: And there were like these high ranking people involved, like clients. And then the cops were involved.
1: So, is he still in jail or is he dead? He's still in jail. Yeah. And how old is he now? He was born in... What fifty six?
0: Yeah, so he is sixty five, and will probably die there, and that's okay. Mhm.
1: Mhm.
0: Hundred percent. Totally. Well, I'm done.
1: Me too. I am ready for bed. So am I. It's almost quarter after twelve. I'm so fucking tired.
0: Pass the fuck out. I have to wake up early to pack. <laughs> I know. <sighs> oh, why do I do this to myself? God damn it. Anyway, so good night, bitches. Like what Chantel said last week, don't email us, because fuck you. Yeah, no. Don't
1: email <laughs> us. fuck you yourself. Suckers.
0: No. Yeah. Uh, social media. We have our uh, email address, which is myriderdiepodcast@gmail.com, And the two social media sites that we use mostly, because Twitter sucks, is Instagram and Facebook. And it's my ride or die podcast. Anything else? Or is that it? I think that's it, right?
1: I think that's it. Okay. Yeah. Good night, bitches. Good night, bitches. Bye. Bye.